Welcome to Jurassic World. guests, welcome to Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. Keep calm and dull ACU. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And here we are, back to discuss Minute 40 of Jurassic World. Before we get to that, David, what should you do, or what, as a company, what should you do when uh, one of your employees dies? <laughs> like, <laughs> apart from uh, the lawsuit, <laughs> in this case. Uh... I don't know, because, I mean, I've always been most of the companies I've always been a part of are too big to where if an employee dies it, nobody really cares I mean the, his their immediate friends and co-workers care but like nobody in the company really issues a statement unless it's like a tragedy I suppose mm-hmm. yeah. oh, I've went for a bit of a dive down in the internet this morning <laughs> while I was putting this run sheet together and um found a uh, little article here on HR management and compliance with uh, what to do when an employee dies. Um, <laughs> it's more so for a bit of a laugh with the, uh, the paddock supervisor, supervisor dying here last minute. But um, <laughs> it's generally best to contact, uh, contact the employee's family as soon as possible to ask them how much information they feel comfortable sharing about the employee so they can tell staff and that sort of thing where we see there's too much stuff happening in the film for them to take a moment to uh, yeah. let the poor man's family know. Besides, I'm sure the litigation was quite taxing on, on Masrani Corp, you know? <laughs> I do love here, when it comes to company property, um, it's advised you should follow the normal termination and security procedures. When an employee dies, the employee's computer and building access should be terminated, <laughs> and certain electronic <laughs> devices may need to be wiped remotely. <laughs> Uh, die on your own time yeah. die at home, don't die on our property Yeah. <laughs> then try and contact the family member to get the uh, company property returned I, I wonder if since he's the paddock supervisor, I wonder if he's got a terminal in his uh, residence on island with uh, access to the, the paddock systems or not just, to, just as the one in, in guard, I know he's not there 24-7 but mm. I would imagine probably a CEO, he would not have need, really need to have those credentials. Hmm. So I, I'd imagine that'd be more of an HR department thing, you know? Yeah. Yep. So I, I don't, it's a, it's a dot com site. So, um, HR daily advisor. So I'm guessing it's an American what to do. It could be anywhere <laughs> being the internet, mm. but I just thought it was a, uh, a good little laugh and a good little look through of, uh, what Masrani would be facing if, uh, 
if the park hadn't shut down, but we're going to talk a bit more about that in uh, minute 40, so how about we get into it? All right. As we're in minute 39 of Jurassic World, Owen was hiding under the crane, and the Indominus was coming in for a closer look. As the minute ended, we got a good look at those gnarly jaws as she was smelling for him. As we're up on minute 40, she snarls and roars, seemingly only smelling gasoline and not Owen. And she walks off into the jungle, and Owen sighs. At the 23 second mark, with a beep, the elevator doors open, and Claire walks into the saddened control room. She looks around, feeling the somber mood of the room, and then everyone pauses and looks at her, making the scene even more awkward. At the 40 second mark, after copying everyone staring at her with daggers, Claire responds with that trailer line, everyone remain calm. She exhales, and then walks down the stairs towards Lara and Vivian, looking at the map as the Indominus is being tracked. At the 52 second mark, she says an implant will shock it if it gets too close to a perimeter fence. Lara responds, okay, but it's moving pretty fast. Vivian touches the earpiece, and this is the control, put out a park-wide alert. And this ends minute 40 of Jurassic World. We have a minute 40 with the Indominus head still, only feet away from Alan smelling for him. Uh, roars in frustration showing us those gnarled teeth again, covered in the blood of two workers now. So she's definitely got a good taste for human. Mm-hmm. And that's when she roars and slowly walks away. Alan watches her go and sighs heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised he sort of moved so quickly because... Or, or there wasn't a jump scare or anything because we only sort of hear seven footfalls as she's walking away um, and a couple of them are while she's right next to the vehicle she could have easily just walked around <laughs> the other side of the car because as we learnt from the novel last week the, she knew that he was under there she's seen him um, just because mm-hmm. she couldn't smell him doesn't mean he wasn't still there but mm. but I do love this shot here that we get of the foot uh, as it passes past the underside of the car and it's just the scale patterns and the overlapping, and you can see all the little bumps and nodules and stuff like that. I mean, this movie had some fantastic CGI moments, and then less so moments, <laughs> which we'll get to towards the end. Yeah, well, I, I am done. Their only involvement in the film was the Indominus Rex, so uh, was it Legacy Effects? No, Legacy Effects did. I think they just did the animatronic. Oh, uh, that's right. Cause that's that's Winston's old company, isn't it? Um, yeah. Well, I think it was founded by his son. Oh, okay. There was another animation house anyway that done the rest of the CGI. Um, right. But... I think it was still ILM, but I. It was my understanding that ILM's so-called their A team was working on Star Wars. And it was their B team that was working on Jurassic World because they didn't want to prioritize a movie that they didn't know if it would even kind of uh, make money, Mm. I guess. Which is interesting when you're comparing Jurassic World, the lead up Jurassic World and the lead up to The Force Awakens. (laughs) They had so much more stock in that the Star Wars 7 was going to be more successful than the Jurassic Five, uh, Jurassic Four. I know, and then <laughs> Jurassic Park, or Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World, I should say, ended up surpassing it. Mm. And then, well, yeah, no, no, it was uh, 
Infinity War or Endgame that ended up surpassing... I think it was Endgame that ended up surpassing uh, Jurassic World. Because I think it was a picture of... Because the first picture that, that it came out with was Luke's uh, robot hand handing over the title to Jurassic World. And then Jura- uh, and then Jurassic World, I think it was a, a raptor claw or something. Or a, <laughs> a raptor hand claw handing... Handing the title over to Iron Man's ha- uh, hand. I wouldn't be surprised if both, both those, the Infinity War and Endgame, are in that that top five. Because mm-hmm. I think uh, just previously, uh, didn't um, didn't Fast Nine? Where are we? Fast Eight, Fast Nine, whatever the last one <laughs> that was released, it um, it surpassed Jurassic World too, didn't it? Uh, uh, we're not looking at the uh, the box office. We should be, but <laughs> uh, we're probably way off. Yeah, don't don't start counting numbers on me. I, <laughs> as I as I told a coworker today, I, five out of four people ha- are bad at math. <laughs> yeah, well, getting back to the Indominus, I I think mo- for the most part, her CG in the entire film uh, is pretty solid. There's there's some shots um, where you it looks like it's an animatronic on on set. Even though it's uh, it's not, so we'll get to them when we get to them. But even here, when she's sort of sniffing beside the car, and that it, because it's sort of just out of focus, it, it could have easily been animatronic, but they sadly didn't <laughs> didn't make one. So that's the uh, that's the breakout scene complete. She walks off in the jungle looking for more mm-hmm. food. But um, the sort of pacing here is a lot different to what we've seen in the original trilogy. Um, here we are with the major incident happening much earlier, where the other films were sort of that midway incident then it was all downhill run screaming after that there's still many more minutes to come with the park still working and the joy of it all before it starts going downhill uh looking ahead it's minute 50 before we even get to the gyrosphere so that's that's how how far it is there before the uh the boys leaving the gyrosphere and the uh, attendant gets the phone call that we're shutting down the ride (laughs) (laughs) so we've still got 10 minutes to go until we get to there but it'd be sort of we don't shut down rides until more than one pe- person gets eaten by a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's in the company policy. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's here's the five hundred pound employee handbook. <laughs> Go and find it. Um, it'd be kind of so- the same if uh, in Jurassic Park if the Dilophosaurus got out and Muldoon was off chasing that around while the other uh, two was still going ahead or. Uh, minute 40 in the Lost World, we're only just getting to the Rex Nest with Roland and RJ, so we're still a fair way away from it hitting the fan there, and JP3 will running through the kennels, so most of the ooh and ahhing had been over, and we're on the on the run from the Raptors in JP3, so that's just a different um, different way they've done the films. I haven't even thought about Fallen Kingdom with uh, where it hits the fan there. I think once Owen gets tranquilised... And uh, Claire and yeah, they get locked in the locked in the bunker. Yeah, that's about when start. Like you said, it's hits the fans there. Yeah, and then similar to the Lost World, we get the reprieve of leaving on, and we're back to the back to the mainland. But yeah, we cut back to the control room. However, uh, long it's been since Claire's phone call, and uh, she walks in into the room. The guard lowers ahead as she walks past. He's uh, a bit upset of what he just heard, or feels sorry for her anyway. Inside, some workers are hugging each other. Some are talking about what just happened. And I wonder if Masroni ordered no one allowed to leave, sort of like they do with Mission Control, if there's a uh, incident with a launch. 
Well, I assume there is. Like I've seen a movie once where something exploded and they shut the doors and wouldn't let anyone leave. You can think of a couple movies like that. Yeah. Jaws 3, for example. <laughs> the last thing he wants is people getting out and telling other people about the uh, the deaths that just happened. But so looking back at the series, we don't really get a lot of characters witnessing death. It's mainly just us viewers seeing people get eaten by the animals. Um, in JP, uh, Jurassic Park, it was really only the gatekeeper who died in there. Everyone else was sort of off-screen on their own, or even so Gennaro, he was off getting eaten while Grant was too busy rescuing the kids, so he'd never seen him get eaten. The, the hunters in the long grass in Jurassic Lost World, maybe, but none of them survived to grieve of their lost <laughs> colleagues afterwards and in JP3 it was really Udesky that got seen uh, killed by the raptors in the end so I think looking at it briefly it's only two in the original trilogy that other characters actually seen die do you think Muldoon, Arnold Gennaro, Kathy doesn't die, Dita's off screen even um even the bloke that gets stomped by the T-Rex, everyone's sort of running and not really looking back as that happens. Mm-hmm. Cooper and Nash sort of get pulled away from the front of the plane, and they're all in the plane running to the back of it to stay away from the Spinosaur. But now we have a, a full room full of park staff, men and women, who have uh, seen very little action for the last ten years, nothing really happening bad, uh, nothing like this anyway. And uh, before the park even looks at closing, there's going to be people quitting their jobs here and maybe hush money or suing for emotional damage um, coming Masrani's way. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure they had a very good um, hush money package, you know. <laughs> Here, you sign this and you get th- you get this uh, bucket of money, you know. Yeah, but then the, it all comes back to why they're on Nublar to begin with, too. Like, it's this isn't U.S. territory. It's, it's Costa Rica, but, like, we've talked about the 100 miles offshore international waters <laughs> and all that sort of thing. Like, there's not much mm-hmm. more law here. It sort of makes you wonder how hard it would have been for all those guests to get that $850 million in damages, whatever it was that Maserati Global paid out between mm-hmm. this and Fallen Kingdom. I'm sure. I mean, you still have to register the park with somebody. I mean, you can't just decide to buy an <laughs> island 100 miles offshore and decide this is your private party island, you know? I mean, I suppose you could, but you couldn't bring people there and charge them money for it. Like yeah. as an as a legitimate business. Yeah, well that's yeah. Even remote islands still come under a, a state or territory. Even Antarctica's divided up. <laughs> several mm-hmm. companies own uh, several countries own different sections of it. Even, whether there's police or government there or not. But uh, everyone turns to Claire, waiting for some words of wisdom. But all she can uh, muster is everyone remain calm. Um, like they've been calm for some time, waiting for her to get back. We get a shot of the map up as the Indominus is being tracked. On the left, there's two shots of the crane outside the paddock and uh, the overturned jeep and then the truck. And then surely they must have seen Owen go under the crane and come back out of the crane as well from this video feed that's here. Um, there's also a third feed that seems to be coming down from the top of the crane itself, which, I'm looking at the bottom of the truck, so it seems like there's a camera mounted on the crane looking down at the overturned truck as well. Mm-hmm. So they would have been, these cameras would have been prime looking at that park worker sitting there and getting eaten. But Claire walks down to uh, down those steps again over to where Vivian and Larry are, 
um, saying the implant will shock it if it gets too close to a perimeter fence. Larry just mm-hmm. sits there and uh, says, oh, Larry just says, okay, it's moving fast, which almost sounds like he's talking to someone else over the radio. I wonder if they have, in cases like this, in preparation of litigation purposes, a recording of going on of the control room and that's why they're kind of saying these kind of things out loud you know so the, so i mean like at the at the any pending court cases they could just uh bring up the recording and say this this we did everything by the book this is we have um contingencies in the event that this occurs and stuff like that you know hmm well surely security wise it have to be security cameras in the control room anyway but um, as we've seen from the paddock, the cameras there must have audio because we heard sickening <laughs> bone crunches over the radio both times. Yeah, maybe there is sort of like a black box thing here it's, that records audio. We're going to see it when we get to the ACU. All the feeds there have the, the tickers counting up, much like the video feeds here, so something's definitely being recorded there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they also have the headsets on, which makes me think that Besides the any security footage of the control room, they would they're being actively recorded for training and quality purposes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we can sort of talk about that again next minute if they are recording with Larry sort of being a bit of a dick and uh, well, not gotten reprimanded by Masroni or Claire for for some of the stuff he says too. So. And considering the situation, I think they let a little bit slide, you know? Yeah, yep. But this line that Claire said here, um, everybody remain calm. I recall that being in a couple of the TV spots where I think it was at the end of the, or at the beginning, I, one of the two, I'd have to go back and watch some of them. But she, uh, we all get the line, everybody remain calm, and then some kind of action would occur. Mm-hmm. As the minute ends, Vivian gets on the radio, this is control, put out a park-wide alert. No one told to alert park staff, maybe it's procedure. Um, and it sounds like she's radioing maybe a comms room or reception to spread the word before we get next minute and Maserani telling her to stop. One thing that's interesting, Claire here, the implant will shock it before it gets close to a perimeter fence. We had... And this film does it a few times where we have these little check-off guns or these little things mentioned that just never go anywhere. Um, the Pachycephalosaurus shorting out the implants by butting heads and the, the what do they call them? The, the, the invisible fences failing twice, um, twice that month. Yet there's nothing... Later we see her rip her implant out. There's no... Apart from them tracking her, that, that that's not going to stop her from... That, or it's not um, implied that that's stopping her from going anywhere near the park, which I thought was sort of sort of odd. That here we are, we're going to mention the invisible invisible the invisible fences, and it's not going mm-hmm. to play anything any part in the film whatsoever. Especially later when we see her crash through the fence. True, but they do. I mean, mention I think the concrete moats in the first Jurassic Park movie, and that never really plays into anything, even though it does in the book. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, more of that world world building. Over in the uh, novel comparisons, it only really confirms that the Irex smelt the gasoline and walks off into the jungle. 
But uh, Dave, that's minute 40. Anything else we want you to discuss before we get heavy for the day? I think we're good. 